I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. so excited for this latest episode of Beauty Bosses with my very favorite TikTok star, Tinks. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. It's so fun. Um, I first met you a really long time ago. Um, can you tell everyone a little bit about how we met? Yes. I, I came to see you for Botox. Um, I think I was 26. Uh, one of the questions I get mo- asked daily is when did I start Botox and I came to you when I was 26 and we did a little baby Botox for preventative measures. Super minuscule because Super you were minuscule. already beautiful, just like subtle, subtle optimization. And I, I've, you know, I really fell in love with Botox and no, I'm just kidding with you <laughs> and, um, and we, I've been coming to you ever since. I mean, now I live in LA, but I see you when I'm here and you know, I use your amazing line of scientific skincare and I, I'm obsessed with you. I wax lyrical about you on all my channels and people are, are always wanting to know the, the details of our visits. Well, it's funny that you mention that because when you moved to LA, you became TikTok famous. Mm-hmm. So for those of you guys who don't know Tinks, which I'm sure is not too many people <laughs> at this point, she became a TikTok sensation in like a matter of mere weeks and months living in Los Angeles. So first of all, tell us a little bit about why you decided to start TikTok and then tell us how that's impacted you. Yeah. So I, when I moved to LA, I was consulting for a bunch of brands on content and I was also a writer. So always have always created content throughout, throughout my life, but I never consider myself sort of a, the face of it. You know, writing is obviously behind the screen and behind the scenes. And then I was working with brands on their Instagram and making memes for them. And when COVID hit, I all my clients were, you know, either going bankrupt or couldn't pay me or didn't know what was, you know, what to do. And nobody wanted articles, certainly not the articles that I write, which are like, you know, 10 things to do on a Saturday and whatever. So I was literally talking to my Amazon Alexa. I was going totally crazy. I was still pretty new to LA. I was living by myself and I was like talking to the walls and I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm going to just start talking to TikTok and you know, I, I put up a few videos and then about two or three weeks in, I got a viral one and it snowballed positively from there. What was your first viral video? My first viral one was so unexpected. It was just this random audio and I overlaid it with how difficult it was to date in LA. It was like a 15 second video. And I'll never forget, I was like on a hike, I didn't have service, and I came back and my phone was just exploding. And my friends had said, you're gonna be TikTok famous. And I like didn't even know, I didn't even have like my wherewithal on the app yet, and I was like, you guys are crazy. I'm literally just doing this since so bored and I need a creative outlet. And it just, it, it hit. And then from there, it has been quite the, quite the nine months. Everyone thinks of TikTok as a dancing app for teenagers and there is so much more to it like I actually think that TikTok is the most engaging app that we have right now it's so engaging and you know that's one thing that I did think about a lot when I was starting because I loved TikTok already I, I thought I love the dances I love the little comedy bits and that but there was no one creating content 
I felt like there was a white space in terms of content that I like to consume, which is sort of funny social commentary, um, celebrity gossip, uh, a little bit more of the vlogging style. So I, I essentially started to create the content that I was seeking, and um, that was a big kind of you know help especially when I was getting started because I was just like what do I want to see when I open this up but it's already so great how can we expand it how can we make new categories and formats why do you think TikTok is so popular like what do you think about the medium is unique that makes people care about it so a couple things firstly there's a very low barrier to entry so you can join TikTok and never post and still have an incredible experience you can love it you can share with your friends you can get served the most amazing content and you don't even have to do anything um which is very it different somehow knows everything about you right? it knows everything about you the algorithm is an all-powerful god that i worship daily but um you know you can you can be silent you don't have to 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 have a profile, you don't have to do anything and you can still enjoy it. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is that I think it's a, a massive departure from social media platforms in the past where everything has to be super buttoned up. So take Instagram for instance. Instagram is all about t putting up a picture of you looking amazing with your perfect boyfriend on vacation, the one second that your hair is perfect, like that's the picture that you put up. TikTok, I've actually, why, why I love it so much and why I continue to love it is like I go on right when I get out of the shower with my hair in a towel, zit showing, and I'm like, hey guys, I was just thinking about this, and people love that. So I think it's super authentic, and I think it's a lot more welcoming in that sense. So, you know, a million reasons, but those are the two of the big factors that I, that I attribute to its success. Are there some businesses that you think don't have a role on TikTok, or do you think that it's for everybody? No, so it's funny, I, you know, I get a lot of brands still reaching out to me saying, hey, will you consult, especially now, we want to get on TikTok. And most of the time I say no, because I think that a lot of brands, it's, it's very hard for brands to succeed on TikTok. The brands that do well are the brands that are so, have so much money and so much um, brand awareness anyway that it kind of doesn't matter. It's just like a fun extension of brands. So two examples are Chipotle and Netflix. Like they don't need to advertise more, but they have a great presence because it's just for fun. You know, they're not, it's just like a brand recognition moment. When, it, when you're like a small, like a, like a jewelry brand just reached out to me and they were like, oh my God, should we get on TikTok? We can't get any views, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that that's not the way that, that I think a brand like that should interact with TikTok. A good way to interact for a small jewelry brand is gift to your favorite creators. Have them wear it in a TikTok. Have them review it in a TikTok. Like that's a better way for, for a brand like that, I would think, to, to interact. Um, that being said, brands are finding new ways all the time to show up. So I wouldn't be surprised if they crack the code eventually, but for now it's just you know, that's not what people are looking for. It's a, it's an entertainment first platform. Yeah. The thing that is so cool to me about social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or, you know, any, any of the platforms, really just those two are the ones I like. Um, <laughs> it, the thing that's so amazing to me is they've created a whole new sector of the economy where yeah. it's the creator economy. Mm -hmm. And these you know, creators are people who in a past life or in a parallel universe would be making content that didn't feed their souls in the same way and now it's given so much autonomy to creative people i it, think it's amazing it's amazing i mean i say all the time tiktok sort of saved my life in a way i i have never been so happy and 
you know, I, it's not to say that I didn't have jobs that I loved in my twenties, but now at 30, I have never been happier. And you know, that age old saying, if you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. I finally feel that like every day that the fact that I get to wake up and make content for a living is it's insane. I feel so, so happy to do it. Also your thirties are better than your twenties. Just I like throwing that out there for agree. listening. Oh, I I don't I don't know what it was. I swear to God, the the month that I turned thirty, I was a was a true transformation. It was I don't know if it was just you know symbolically or if it was to do with the year that I had or what, but I all of a sudden just kind of like stopped hating myself and like stopped worrying about you know what I thought I should be and where I should be and comparing myself it was the best feeling ever I I have loved being 30 more than any other year so far so I agree and I feel like that I'm setting up for a decade of that just sort of confident know who I am know what I like and leaning into that yeah it's cool also to see people leaning into themselves a little more yeah exactly And, and I feel like I have become more myself like my friends who you know I always used to kind of do the same content for them on my Instagram and nobody everybody says like all my close friends say this was always supposed to happen you're the same you're just doing it for more people now so that's a really good feeling as well okay so this is beauty glasses so we have to understand how your story works so can you tell us a little bit about how you make TikTok into a business and maybe give some advice to people who are thinking about how to have a career you know, as an influencer or a creator or, you know, what that looks like. Yeah. So uh, the way that I make money is branded content. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes people see a creator and see them start to do brand deals and they think, oh, it's like a sellout and that's annoying. But this is the way to think about it. I make content for free every day on TikTok for people to enjoy and on my Instagram. And so the way that I make money is by partnering with brands and that's how I pay my bills. Um, I feel incredibly lucky because I so far work with brands that I love. A big part of my platform and my shticks, so to speak, is like I only talk about things that I actually care about and that I actually am obsessed with. So when I started working with a manager, I told him, look, I'm going to be a little bit difficult. I'm not going to just take whatever. I want to... I want to be able to speak authentically about the brands that I'm working with because otherwise my audience will know. That's what I've built my entire platform on is radical honesty and reviews and being, you know, super real with people. So, so that's how I that's how I do it is is make uh, do the brand deals. So if someone's listening to this podcast and they want to start their TikTok and figure out how to monetize it, do you have any suggestions for like, what are your top two or three suggestions for how to make it good and how to make it income earning? I would say the first thing and the most important thing is consistency. I think TikTok, you know, you can put in a lot of effort, not necessarily go viral, and that can obviously be disheartening to people. But the number one thing you need to do is be consistent. And that does mean posting every single day. Um, no matter what. Um, the second thing is to find your voice. Like if you're not a good dancer, maybe don't do the dances, but <laughs> figure out what works for you and and lean into that. That's exactly what I did. I mean, can you imagine me doing dance? Like that would be really cringy and embarrassing, but there is a content uh, format for everybody. So find what you're good at and then and then really do that. And then in terms of monetizing, you, you do have to kind of show your value. So you need to think about, you know, how to build your brand, how to build trust with your um, followers. And, and what brands really look at is your engagement number. So 
the other thing is that's different from Instagram is it's less about followers. It's more about your engagement on TikTok, which is also quite nice because it's more about like how good good is any given piece of content versus like your amassed followers over time because you know that kind of ebbs and flows. So to me, I feel that that's quite um, encouraging because it means like everybody has a fair shot. If you put out a piece of content, it could go viral. It doesn't matter. Like if you have one follower or a hundred followers. So consistency, trust, and find your groove. Was there ever a moment where you wanted to quit? Oh yeah, a hundred times. I mean, I was like so impatient in the beginning, but I had a couple amazing friends who were like, Tanks, like, I just feel that TikTok is your thing. Just keep going, just keep going. And I was like, oh God, this is annoying, whatever. And I have moments all the time where, you know, the internet is a really scary place. And, you know, I I have mean comments and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like this makes me so unmotivated. Um, But you shake it off and you get back up and you you keep going. How do you deal with trolls on social media? I don't. I mean, I, this is, I'm so new to this. I, I posted, I sort of went viral in May. So I'm like less than a year in and it's my whole life and my whole job and I love it so much, but I will be completely honest with you. I cannot cope with the trolls. Like I really have not figured it out yet. And I lean a lot on my new creator friends, sort of learning tips and tricks, but I'm a very sensitive person and I'm also a people pleaser. And that's a terrible mix for someone in social media. Um, You know, people think that you don't read the, you know, big creators won't read the comments. I do read the comments. I see all of them. I go through all my DMs. I see the nasty things. Um, And like the silly stuff doesn't really get me. It's, It's when people like misunderstand my content or something like that that just like cuts my soul because what I really love is entertaining people. And that's like all I care about is making good content. So when when people don't understand that or they, you know, say something mean, I just, ugh, it's really tough. So I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting a thicker skin, but it's definitely hard. What do you think it is about the internet that makes people feel like they can say something to you that they would never say in real life? Because that level of cruelty and the hiding behind the screen is something that totally perplexes me. Well, I think it's exactly that. I think it's hiding behind the screen. And one thing that I'll tell people is it's never another creator saying something nasty. Usually when I click on a troll, they have no pictures, no videos. They have done nothing. Um, It's never someone else who is brave enough to create that would cut you down. It's always someone who's a coward and is hiding behind the screen. So that is the one thing that I try to remind myself. Um, But... I think it's just like it's the anonymity of it people can say whatever they want and hide and that's that's really scary but um yeah at the end of the day you would never see someone else who's brave and puts great content out like cutting another creator down so yeah when I had the um the women from Betches on my podcast Mm -hmm. last year and they were so funny they said you know, Dr. Devin, don't even worry about trolls when you get someone saying something rude just think to yourself thanks for the impression that's <laughs> it's like yeah okay it's, I it's true that's I guess I guess that's that's smart right? oh, completely that's a trick that I have a really sweet creator friend he's a he's a chef, amazing chef on TikTok and um and he just said Tinks just comment back to them thank you for boosting the engagement on my post and that's it 
and just and that's like the best cut ever because a, a comment comments are currency on tiktok so if, if they take the time to write something on tiktok it's like you got me another view if you're in the creator fund that's like three cents thanks buddy watch it a bunch more times comment as much as you are want. you in the creator fund so i'm actually not and you know what if anybody from tiktok hears this they're gonna be like tanks what the heck but I'm very superstitious and I just like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a good reason. This is not a very boss thing to do with me, but I'm just superstitious and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just want to make money from brands. They have the money and I want my followers to be my followers and I create just to create. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, well, it's my, it's my weird thing. I don't know. Okay. But I, I respect that. I feel like it's, I don't know. I don't think I totally understand the creator fund. How does it work? A TikTok is paying creators. Yeah, if you get accepted in the program, you can yeah. get you can make like money per view. And if you make, I mean, I could make like a, a decent chunk of change given my daily views. But I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm super serious. Then you're kind of in bed with the company. No, I I have a really I have you know what it is. I don't know why I'm skirting around this. I think that I worry that if you're in the creator fund, they'll push your videos out less because like it why would they you know what I mean like they would try to even it out and not you know whatever and and I care about views and content more than money that's something that's really interesting about this whole experience um in the past year is I realized how like in terms of my priorities in my life it's not that I was money obsessed before, but I always just think it was my, it was one of my top priorities. It turns out it's not. I would I care about content, good content, more than anything else. I care about someone thinking that I'm funny and that my content is sharp and witty and on point more than I care about money, anything else, fame. I I can take it or leave it. Um, it's really that creation that like sparks me and makes me feel so happy inside. So that's why I'm not on the creator fund. Yeah. You make a lot of really funny videos about public figures and celebrities. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you if anyone who you've made a video about has talked to you about that video. Yes, they have. Um, Gosh, the one who comes to mind is if anybody watched Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Um, It was a super popular show in like lockdown season one. Um, And Harry Jowsey, I made some, he was, I think the winner uh, of it, or I don't know, they all won, I can't remember, but I made some video about him and he commented on it and I was like, oh my God, like, and now we're friends. Um, and I mean, and I feel like everybody who you make a video about, whether they acknowledge it or not, is actually secretly seeing the video. Oh, totally. And I, and I, you know, Ky- I made a video about how I wanted to be Stormy, Kylie's daughter, and Kylie liked that video. She's only liked thirty-two videos on TikTok ever, and I'm one of those videos. Oh my god. I mean, that was a really crazy one. Oh, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't say this. So actually on Saturday, I like took four Xanax and I was gonna go to sleep, and (laughs) I was thinking about the Kardashian chocolate boxes that they send out, this smash, for everybody listening, it's like a a giant chocolate heart, and and whatever product they're selling is inside the heart, and you smash it with a hammer, and then inside is like the perfume or whatever. And for the longest time, I thought I that chocolate looks so good. I have a big sweet tooth, and so I made a TikTok about it. The next day, I get a DM: "Tinks, what's your address from KKW Fragrance?" Oh my god! And I was, I you was. You literally manifested a chocolate heart into your life. It's crazy how I manifested that, and and I um, 
Yeah, so it's on. It's in LA, which is like basically the only reason that I'm going home to LA is because I, I need to open this chocolate box. It's, it's sitting at my house. So. It's a completely legitimate reason. It's to totally fly back. yeah. And no, so I'm yeah, but it's it's crazy. I I feel like a lot of celebrities. I mean, that's the other thing about TikTok is like your video has an equal chance to end up on a celebrities for you page, and if you're a big creator, they definitely see you. So that's like. I had another one who I can't say who it was, but a, a very handsome male singer I got connected to on text. And I was like, hey, I'm Tanks. And he was like, oh, I've seen your videos all the time on TikTok. You're super funny. And I was like, this is wild. So funny. I didn't end up going on a date with him, but I have big hopes for 2021. <laughs> you never know. what It's a limitless you possibility. Know. You never know. Um, <laughs> I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really, I feel very lucky. Did you have any idea when you were in college that you were going to grow up and become a TikToker? No, I mean, I think I I always thought I would be an editor and a, and a writer. And, and I always tell people, like, I, I went to grad school for journalism. I did uh, creative writing undergrad at Stanford. I always tell people, like, TikTok, what I do on TikTok anyway, is a form of journalism. I, I view it as a creative challenge. You have a minute to get a story across. You have a minute to make people laugh. You have a minute to review a product. So it's just sort of this, like, extreme, short-form journalism um, challenge. So in a way, I guess it sort of makes sense. But um, I didn't think I was going to be a TikToker. I thought I'd be, like, an editor living in New York, like, working in a magazine, whatever. And instead, I'm, like, living in L.A. with Peter Pan syndrome. Like, I, I don't know, talking no, over the mini microphone. I, I love the mini mic. Um, but I love that because I think the term influencer doesn't totally capture what people like you do because it truly is a form of creative storytelling yeah and the term influencer has become synonymous with this kind of slightly cringe inducing yeah you know selling flat tummy tea type mm -hmm. of moment and that's totally different from literally writing and performing something completely yeah and I and I think you know what people don't understand is especially for some of my like I right now I've always been obsessed with rich moms and right now I'm doing like these yes. rich mom starter packs and and like people don't understand that I literally write them like I write them like jokes like comedy like I, I sketch them out I think about them for days so you know it, it, it yeah it, it is a lot more than say influencer influencer has become a bit of a dirty word you know to be honest with you and and I respect influencers massively for what they do massively but it has become this slightly like oh she's an influencer or whatever um yeah I don't I don't know I think I call myself I usually say a creator or a content creator um or and a writer so a mix of those things but yeah I, I think influencers are great I have the most utmost respect for them yeah and it's kind of a shame that the term has been slightly tarnished yeah I think I think it's it's massively it's it is a shame because they it's more of like a curator or, you know, I, I don't know. They're, they do so much more. It's a lot of work to create content, and I think people don't quite understand the level of uh, intensity that it takes to be like a full-time influencer. I have a lot of influencer friends, and it's like, it's constant. It's 24 hours a day. Um, and again, with that consistency, it has to be there. Otherwise, you're not going to have the trust with your, with your supporters. Yeah. Have you written and performed comedy prior to TikTok? No, definitely not. I mean, 
a lot of my early writing was very um, like how-to girl, especially when I was like right out of college living in San Francisco. I was writing a lot for like Pop Sugar and Refinery29 and a lot of my pieces were not satirical but like so whimsical that it was almost comedy. Um, like one of my first favorite pieces that I ever wrote was I went on a date with a new guy every week for a year and this is what happened and I did that experiment for Pop Sugar. So I've always loved that kind of like silly, um, entertaining style of storytelling. So not comedy per se, but um, that kind of thing. And then on my Instagram, I never had a lot of followers until this year and I would do, I would do, I've been doing rich moms. People are like, oh my God, how did you just think about this? I was, I've been obsessed with rich mom culture since I can remember. I've been doing rich mom forever, just nobody knew about it. Why the obsession? Because they live the best life. Um, and because it's silly and it's like, I don't know, like the last thing that you can make fun of and it's like luxurious and fun and silly and just, I love it. I love everything about their culture. What do you think the role of commenting on social topics in a creative way on social media is? Like, are people who are content creators obligated to comment on things like civil unrest and civil rights movement and, you know, BLM, that kind of thing? Are they not obligated? Is it voluntary? What do you think, sh what should be people be doing? I do think that people have an obligation to, to use their platforms. And I'll be the first to say it is tricky. It is very tricky. Um, I post about things that matter to me. I post about things that I read that I think are interesting. I post that things that I think people should care about. And you know, every time I do, I'll get 90%, oh, that was interesting, thanks for sharing, 10%, you're not a politician, why are you sharing political accounts? You know, you're always gonna get that. But the, at the end of the day, at least for myself, I view, I view it like my content as holistic. It's a little bit of everything. And so that has to include uh, a degree of, um, I don't know, like wider responsibility to the world. So if I'm giving my, my followers everything, then I should give them that as well. So for me, I, I do believe that, that they have, that people who have a platform need to use it, uh, especially like for the younger generations. I think the more ingrained it gets and the more kind of natural it gets to talk about these things, it, the easier it is, right? Then it's not such a big, I guess my point is you shouldn't wait till something big happens in the news or in the world to, to all of a sudden say, and this is my stance on this. Instead, pepper it in. It's life. You know, talk about your favorite platinum lip plump and then post something, you know, a news article that you think is important. And that's, to me, a way better system. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that... Um social media is going to become even bigger than it is right now? Or do you think that we're kind of reaching saturation point and we're going to have a zeitgeist backflip into more traditional forms of media? I think that one trend that I see um, that I think will be big is creators finding new ways to monetize um, in the sense that I think, so for example, OnlyFans, I think like which obviously has the connotation of being like nudes and whatever, but a lot of creators are going on there um, just to put excess content, like the spillover. Mm -hmm. So I think that social media will continue to grow, but I think the channels will become, you know, 
more complex. Um, like Patreon as well is another, I think like a billion dollars was spent on Patreon. I think something Amazing, like right? $2 billion was spent on OnlyFans last year. Yeah. So it's like, I, to me, it's like these content creators are becoming the new TV channels almost. Um, and the and the places that they put their content, I think will continue to diversify. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we've seen, we've hit the limit yet. Yeah. I don't have an OnlyFans, by the way. But I'm <laughs> thinking about listening. it. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> but, I mean, Patreon can be used in so many ways, oh, yeah. too. I've thought about putting my injectables master classes on Patreon. For sure. But I felt, like, a little bit weird about the stigma of, you know, sexualized content. I was more, like, trying to teach Botox. But... Com- completely. No. <laughs> I, I and, and I think about it all the time because I have... I, when people are like, oh, Ting's like, how do you think of it all? I'm like, I, from the second I wake up, I wipe the drool off my face and I just have thoughts coming out of my mouth. I have too much content. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, Ting's, you can't put up another Instagram story. So I do have an overflow where I'm like, I need another channel. And I probably will start, you know, the YouTube, the podcast, all that stuff eventually. But I think that people, people's loyalty in the same way that like my my parents are loyal to like a TV channel, people will be loyal to their content creators and will go whatever, you know, platforms they, they continue to put content out on. Yeah. Are there certain topics that are off limits for you or anything that you feel uncomfortable about sharing with regard to your life, relationship, anything like that, that you'll edit a little bit? Oh my God. I mean, Dr. Duck and I literally cried on TikTok when I got rejected last summer. Like I, there, that was, no, I, that the only thing I, I felt do is, that and I listened to the playlist. <laughs> I, I like I share everything and I and I love it that way. I feel very close to my supporters. I feel very close to them. I feel like not obligated, but I feel that I have to share everything with them and I like it that way. The only thing I do is I change names if like people I'm dating. And oh my god, all the guys get so attached to their nicknames. Like right now in New York, I've been seeing sexy restaurateur, and he's like, oh my god, like people are tr- trying to figure out if it's me. Like I love my nickname, so just for privacy's sake, I keep them. I don't put the boys in the in the vlog, but I talk about them. Um, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know. I I like to share everything, but. I, I mean, I talk about Botox a lot too. And people are always like, what have you had done? I'm like, I will be honest. I, I don't care. I, I think it's like cool to just be honest with people. Why do you think some celebrities and public figures are so dishonest about that type of topic? You know, I think it's a defense mechanism. Um, I, I don't know. It, it really saddens me that people are. I think... Listen, I don't think that you have to declare every time you get something done. I'm not advocating for that at all. But I think but I think that vehemently denying something, a procedure or whatever, when it's so obvious to the world, is quite damaging to young people, especially young women, because it first of all, it, it makes it something to be ashamed about. Secondly, it, it muddies the water in terms of like what girls think that they can look like naturally. Um, and I mean, I see this a lot more in LA. LA is quite a crazy place to be honest with you. And there it's just like my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's a lot more extreme in a way. Um, it also drives the industry underground because then people are so ashamed to even think that they're thinking about a procedure, that they are afraid to ask their friends, they don't know what good or bad looks like, and then they end up in these horrible situations with unscrupulous providers and back alley, dirty hotels, and just 
crazy stuff happens when people don't have the clear light of day. Completely, and, and I think that the funny thing is, if you look at history, most of the celebrities who have admitted, not admitted, that's the wrong word, who have just you know said, I've had this or that done, nobody cares, nobody bats an eyelash. They just think, oh, that's nice, they look great. Wow, great, cool, cool for them, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I, I don't know, why, why, why deny so vehemently? It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and I'll continue to be super honest with my followers about it. They want to literally watch me get Botox. They have so many questions about it. And it's like, I, I don't know. That being said, I, I am the extreme. I feel like a human guinea pig and I like to tell people, like, I like to tell them this is the best thing to do and this is the best doctor to go to and this is the best that. So I know I'm kind of on the end of the spectrum on that sense. So Yeah. Well, I wanted to close with a couple of quicker questions. Um, Amazing. Just because I know everyone wants to know the answers mm -hmm. to these questions. But are there a few TikTok accounts that you recommend that you think are really fun to follow, mm -hmm. great entertainment, or just cool? Like, who do you like personally? I love um, Sheck Eats, Jeremy Sheck. He's like 21. He's like a cooking prodigy. I'm obsessed with all of his recipes. Um, I love Coffee Bay. She's, I mean, I'm a coffee addict, so it's the best. Um, I love Jenna Renner. She does makeup. I'm so bad at makeup, so I'm always watching her TikToks. Um, I love Rich Caroline. She's super funny, young creator. Um, those are a few of my favorites right now. They're all, and you know what's so cool about all of them? They're all so different. You have like a coffee account, a cooking account, a makeup account, and then like a comedy account. And that's just a, a drop in the bucket of, of all the amazing things on TikTok. And the algorithm feeds them to just the right cadence to make you like literally, totally. dopamine yeah. addicted to them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, okay, my next question is, what are some things that you should not do? Like, just do not do this if you're creating content for a platform like TikTok or Instagram. Um, are there any hard and fast rules or are there no rules? Don't plagiarize. Don't plagiarize. <laughs> don't plagiarize. People will find out and get very annoyed. Um, yeah, don't give up. Don't plagiarize. Um, and always have good lighting. Lighting is everything. It's honestly everything. It, you know, the first frame, at least, of your TikTok, that's just, like, some practical advice should always be light. And honestly, this is, like, something that a lot of creators don't say, but I'll say, because I'm a girl's girl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the hook, the first three seconds is when people decide if they're going to swipe or not. So don't literally take a massive pause and then say, welcome to my TikTok. In this TikTok, I'm going to, you know, it's the first, you know, you have to kind of, like, clickbait people a little bit and be like, you know. Oh, the other thing you should never do is say, don't scroll. People hate that. A lot of people think that that's like cutesy. Be like, wait, 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 wait. Stop scrolling. Don't do that. Yeah. I don't like that. No. It's really Who does? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to ask you one final question, which is, this is Beauty Bosses. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about what beauty means to you. Kind of a more holistic question, mm -hmm. but what's the Tink's take on what does beauty mean in real life? I think beauty means, sounds so cheesy, but truly loving yourself and thinking that you are beautiful and that you're worthy and really knowing your worth. And that can be a journey. Like that's easier said than done. Um, but truly loving yourself and looking in the mirror and being proud of who you are 
is so, so beautiful um, to me. And I, that's all I wish for everyone I know, all my followers, all my friends. That's, that's what I want for them. That's so nice. Well, this has been so much fun. If you so guys fun. don't already <laughs> follow Christina, um, you're it at It's Me Tinks. It's Me Tinks on all platforms. On all platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's she's worth the follow. So much <laughs> so <you>. much fun, <laughs> so much comedy, so much entertainment. Thank and so, much. so great to see you. Thank you. Great to be here.